Welcome to the Questions for the Sages podcast. I'm Michael Shermer. Today, I spoke with Karen Fine, whom I see regularly on Sundays at the Hare Krishna Temple in Potomac, Maryland. Our interview was a lot of fun, but Karen has a tendency to use very colorful language. If you are sensitive to explicit language, I would recommend that you not listen to this episode. And this podcast episode is not suitable for children. You can hear the Questions for the Sages podcast on questionsforthesages.com, the Questions for the Sages Facebook page, iTunes, and on YouTube. Thanks to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland, for making this podcast possible. Welcome to Questions for the Sages, a podcast from the Washington, D.C. area. I'm Michael Scherer, and today I'm talking with Karen Fine. Uh, Karen, I see a lot at the temple. I, I come every Sunday, most Sundays, to do the audio, and Karen's usually here, and Karen usually has questions at the end of the class, and Karen isn't shy. Could you introduce yourself, Karen? Hi, I'm Karen. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I come every Sunday because... You come every Sunday. I try to, yeah. I, I want to uh-huh. come every Sunday. Why? Um, I like to come on, on Sundays, especially when they do the Arte. They do the devotional chanting. Uh, the kirtan? The kirtan in the morning. At 12.30 to 1 is in front of the deities. Uh-huh. I'm from I'm a Jew, I'm from a Jewish background. And you see this intensity of singing and this passion... And it just is wonderful. You're it, talking about a half hour from 1230 to 1. I wish it was longer. And then they do a little bit after. Well, don't they, I mean, are there are times of the week to come to experience that? Not, not when it's, the, it's special on Sunday? It's special on Sunday. Really? Yes. And yeah. you dig it. You I like do. It. I do. Very much. Because if I'm feeling uh, not so good about this or that, I'm a little attitude problem. I have concerns, whatever, whatever is going on, whatever storm systems are going mm-hmm. on. And sometimes I don't want to come to the temple. I'll come to the temple and I'll my, switch my attention to myself, to being at the temple, watching all the devotees. Uh-huh. And within maybe 10 minutes, I'm already relaxing. I'm already focusing on watching them be devotional to whatever they're being devotional to. Mm-hmm. To, to, to what I think, you know, is, you, is God for them. You know, it's funny. Throughout the week, I accumulate doubts. So as the week goes by, I'll be like, well, what about this? Well, what about that? Well, what about... That doesn't make any sense. And then, so by the time Sunday rolls around, I'm like, you know, I, I, I just, you know, this doesn't make any sense to me. But then... I show up and and I you know see the beautiful singing and the and the and the kirtan, and it just doesn't matter anymore. Right. And then I start over again. Right. And then and then it's another week of but 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 I I can't. So it's funny how it sort of is. Um, it's disarming uh, when you experience the sort of the beauty because the temple is beautiful. I mean, it's really a gorgeous space. And, and to see people really getting into the, the kirtan, the devotional singing, uh, sort of, it, it almost clears away right. something. So, you know, when I first came to the temple, I saw the floor and just a bench there that was not, it's not very comfortable, no offense. 
not very comfortable to sit in. Uh-huh. And I saw these strange... These. Well, how long ago was this? Two and a half years. It'll be, I think, three years this Christmas. Christmas. So two and a half years ago, roughly. And was that your first time uh-huh. here? Was it your first time in a Hare Krishna temple? Yes. Okay. The temple's just a, it was just a building to me, actually. Well, it, sure. It's an old building. It's not... The, the grounds are beautiful. It's, it's nice. It's not anything that blows my mind. Uh-huh. And, uh... The, uh, the stage or the, the altar that was very beautifully done with flowers and just overloaded with jewelry, costume jewelry, and fla- the flowers are very, were the nicest thing. And they are very pretty, and, that, and it's all foreign to me. I didn't know what it was. I went, oh, mm-hmm. this is interesting. Mm-hmm. It was kind of just like, this is interesting, more like. But the temple itself, no, it's just an older, I thought, oh, it's an older building. There's not very nice seats. It's all the floor. So... But, it, and it's not just singing either, for me. Mm-hmm. They're doing beautiful singing. There's something, truly something mysteriously happens. You go in the temple, and very quickly, you see everyone, you see this joy, you see this focus of attention, this intensity, and I just felt love. Mm. I felt this kind of love that I don't find like going to up the road Potomac at the Starbucks, which I like very much, or the Giant. Well, you're not going to, I hope you're not looking for love at Giant. No, but, <laughs> but you know, you meet people no. everywhere. You talk to people, I talk to people everywhere. Just, you know, even in the neighborhood, it's okay. okay. There's something special that happens. It's not, so it's not just singing, in other words. Well, but, you know, I mean, you compared it to Starbucks and Giant, but I mean, let's, let's, let's compare it to something that's more, similar to it like what about a synagogue synagogue or a church or a uh or another temple so i've been to um different churches and different synagogues and they're 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 nice places but now there's something different here there's something uh, have you that that's something different have you seen or felt it anywhere else is it exclusive to this geographical location as far as you know well I do retreats yoga retreats open Uh the heart retreat where there's uh, an ecstatic chant up in Omega where there's a lot of kirtan singing okay and I like it I like it very much and um, I have gotten a similar being in an intensive like three day where there's no phone Mm -hmm. no television um it's a very, you know, get back to um, slow down, quiet, less talking, more mindful talking. Mm-hmm. And so, but you know, like at Yogaville, you go, before you go to eat, it's silence for 10 minutes. There's a prayer, and then a, a Swami will read something from Satchananandi, who is a Swami. And so you, it's like a, it's a, it's a lot of mindfulness. Uh, so that's, you're purposely going to that space. So compared to church or synagogue, no, this is just much different. Hmm. I come here. Okay, so when I come to the temple, I don't have to do anything. I just come. I don't have to have a rule. I mean, there are certain rules. You can't wear your shoes in there. Right. And you're not, you're vegetarian and there's certain, can't lie down on the floor, which is the first thing I, the second thing I did, I wanted to take a nap. And I'm like, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> so, um... <clears throat> 
but there's a, a real strong feeling of just love when that I feel in the air even if after people act different like things stop and you go outside and there might be some arguments or whatever not arguments but um, when everyone's doing kirtan in the temple it's just something so so special that I don't get at yoga retreats you know a, a phrase comes to mind uh, big medicine sort of an American Indian sort of Thing. Like there's some sort of big medicine going on. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Well, the mantras are big medicine, right? The mantras are medicine for the mind. As I'll quote MC Yogi, Yoga Yogi. Mantras are medicine for the mind. But uh, who are you quoting? MC 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 Yoga Yoga Yogi from uh, he's a Kirtan in L.A. He's a rap singer. He's oh, in okay. the Mantra movie, and I think he says that in the movie. The Mantra movie. Yeah, Mantra. Mantra sounds into silence. No, wait a minute. No, you, did you say that you're in that movie? Yes, I am. <laughs> now, how was it? How was it? Two and a half years ago was your first time at this temple, and now you're in yeah. a mantra movie. Yeah. How did that happen? So I was in Yogaville, a static chant, and Georgia Weiss came from Spain. I think she was the director with her little her crew, and uh -huh. they were filming the the Kirtan singers. Uh -huh. And then after they had, and they've gone all over the world actually, and then they interviewed like Krishna Das, David Pramalmatan, Gorvani. Jayutal, um, and then some yoga teachers, and then they. She said, "Anyone who wants to say how chant, what chanting does for you, or why you chant, come talk to me." Uh -huh. So she interviewed a lot of just regular, I guess dozens and dozens of regular people. I don't know how many lots, lots of regular <laughs> folks. What does it do for you? Why do you chant? Do, so you do chant. I do chant. Well, I, I sing. I mostly sing. I don't. I don't. I don't. Um, you don't do japa. I don't do that. I do a little japa now. Uh -huh. It felt like punishment to me before to sit there and go, I you know, but but I love to sing. I love to sing, so yeah. I, and you like to sing mantras. I love to sing mantras no, so much. Why is that different? Why, what's on, what, what is that? What? How does that affect you differently? Oh, my God. I, th I think I said once, like, to me, it's such a f deep form of meditation, like, I concentrate on whatever mantra I'm singing, uh -huh. and I and 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 let's just say, oh, I have to do this, or my neck hurts, or I need, I'm thirsty. I just come back to the mantra, and it just it goes into your cells. It goes, and I listen to it because I'm also hated driving. I hate driving, and I hate people who are you know cutting all the time. Yeah. And I, I have no boring time in the car now. It's not a waste of time. It's a, it's a pause to quiet the mind while I'm driving even because it's just a and listen thing. are you singing yourself or are you I'm listening both uh-huh now these mantras that you're singing and listening to do you know what they mean no so a little bit okay so a little bit so, so a little bit I do okay a little bit so uh so Krishna Das made a joke when we I the first time I saw him three years ago and he said do you always sing stuff you don't understand what you're singing it's really quite funny um so when i came to temple Gauravani said explained a little about the, about the maha mantra Hare krishna Hare being the female and okay so yeah so here's what he said that resonated with me okay i have some difficulties take them away 
And the same with Krishna Das. Very practical things like the Hanuman Chalisa. The, the story of Hanuman. Okay. Okay. So as a metaphor, I have no understanding about what these deities mean. As a metaphor. For what? For living. A metaphor for living of... of um, so wait a minute. What, 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 did, what, what did Gorbani say that, that struck you or that resonated with you? Was that this that mantra is... The Maha Mantra here, is, These are my problems. Take them away. Yeah, please, you know... Um, Open my heart. Open my heart. Whatever you you have an intention. See, when I come to temple, when I do the mantra, I probably should have said this. I have an intention for mindfulness from Tara Brock. What is your? Why are you coming here? You're coming here just to like hang out. I have an intention of something I want to do. Grow. Oh, okay. I have my own okay. personal intention, and sometimes the intention changes. Like I thought it was this, but really it's that. So I have a little intention. So when I did these prayers, the reason I love it so much is I'll go you know help me be more patient or that person's annoying the shit out of me I don't know if I'm allowed to say that but yeah. um, please uh, like because then I'll just get upset it's poison to me if I stay angry help me with this help me with that so it's a little bit of like there's one prayer that Krishna does um, to to one of the uh, female deities and I don't even know what that means and it doesn't matter like take away my like Take away my um, my ability not to be flexible. Give me your form, like your form. You're beautiful, even if it's pretend. You're some imaginary thing. Give me your form, like take away some of this crap that I've, you know, through living. You know, sorrow, difficulties, whatever it is, whatever your issues are. Just like leave, put that aside a little bit and just open me up a little bit. So, I th okay. In other words, in other words, if you we we're very capable of holding what's bad and negative, but if you can hold the good mm -hmm. with that, the you can hold both good and bad. You it, the the amount of um, like tolerance or sp space you have. If you're more spacious, you can hold it all. If you're just if you're like this and you just have a problem and you're just you're narrow and confined. Yes, and if you can hold it all it's much easier to live in other words you don't want to grasp at everything and push everything away you have to i mean kind of the success of life is accepting life as it is right in the present moment can i be with what is right now in this moment okay what you have said raises a series of questions for me not just one a multiple series of questions the first one is this um you're saying you it attracts you about the mantra that the mantra says, you know, uh, please take these problems away from me. Why can't you say, please take these problems away from me? Why do you have to say something in Sanskrit that you don't understand? Okay, that's a really good point. Because in English, if I'm thinking like, listen to a country song, for instance. Yeah. Yeah, my baby left me. She, you know, now she don't love me no more, but my love is greater than her love. And it's, you, yeah. whatever, it's all sad tales. Of stuff that happens, country music. Right, and right, I like right. country music, by the way. Yeah. But then I'm triggered. Boom, boom, boom. I'm already thinking about this, and that happened to me there, and I'm here. And my mind's just all crazy. But if I do a mantra in Sanskrit or whatever, yeah. and I have one intention to open the heart, then I'm not all over the place. Like, I'm just, I come back to the mantra and forget about my, what my intention was. So I leave that little prayer. I leave that. And then I just think about the mantra. I just say the mantra. Come back to the mantra. Uh -huh. And if I'm in my head going, oh, but my back hurts and this person's, you know, I don't know, they're 
whatever they're doing. They're, they're on their phone or something. Yes, it's not very nice. Yeah. I come back to the mantra, and very soon, within, I don't know, 10 minutes, sometimes 40 minutes, depending, something happens where I'm relaxing. What I thought was import- bothersome isn't so bothersome now. And what I thought was so important about my problem, it's not, it's, it, it, it is, it's there, and it's bothersome, but it's not really what's... It's not as significant. It's not really, yeah, very... So this is these. You're talking about sort of the consequences of chanting mantras. Yes. So you're into it. You know, as a side note, sort of as as a very personal side note, my my half brother uh, has just been taken away to a hospital uh, because he's crazy, and he he would go around chanting mantras all day long, and uh, so. Uh, you know, I, I have, like, like incessantly, like a crazy person. Okay, so when you say crazy, can I just ask you, is he schizophrenic? Is yeah. He bi- okay. That's different than chanting mantras all the time. Well, see, so, but but this raises, Cause schizo- this raises issues for me, because I'm seeing mantras as a manifestation of insanity in my brother, you know? No, no, and so, okay, just hold on one second, because this is a delicate subject. So yeah. schizophrenia is the inability... To tell reality from not reality. Right. It's like your inner voice is okay. as real as someone talking to but, you. But you don't have any consciousness, awareness of outside. So Right. So that was there before the mantras. The mantras have nothing to do with his, but just... Well, uh, so, you know, to say that the mantras have nothing to do with it, uh, that is not actually truthful because uh, they may have something to do with it. We don't know. You know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying mantras are bad, but I'm saying before we just, uh, you know, say, oh, they're they're just great and they always work. <laughs> like, well, let's step back a little bit. Let's look at what we're doing. And I didn't say it, that was work. I said they go into your cells. Uh huh. I said yes. they go into your cells. But I know a little bit about psychology, and I know that schizophrenia. I don't know if it's chemical. It has to do with the brain. It's there before whatever he's doing as a. And I know that mantras are a self-soothing thing. They're soothing. Yes. And so if he does the mantras of schizophrenia, more power to him because, you know, I'd rather him do that than hack someone to death. Sorry. Well, I mean... No, yeah, no, there's, vi- a, there's violent behavior with schizophrenia. Yes, I know. And so, we're, we're not at that point. Okay. But, you know, what I'm... And, and the whole reason... I'm not bringing this up to sort of, you know, reveal, okay. you reveal can, my personal life. I like a little life, challenging. But uh, I wanted to talk to you about mantras. Yeah, uh, you talk know, to like, me about And it. this is in the picture. This is in the picture. Okay. Um, now... Uh, I mean, can it be argued that he just wasn't chanting the right mantras? No, I'm not going to. No, I, I think that's nonsense. So do you think nonsense. any mantra will do? I have to tell you, and when I go to these retreats, yeah, and pretty much any mantra will do the trick. Will do. Will do something. Now, that said, yeah. if I, you said, Karen... You're on a desert island, and you only can pick one mantra or two. <laughs> then I'm gonna have my favorite, which is there's just gonna be two that I'm gonna do. Okay. I'm gonna do the the Maha mantra because I've got Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari Ram. I have Ram there. You Ram. can do the whole thing if you want. I'm a if Ram girl. You're a Ram girl. Yeah, I'm Ram and Hanuman. I love that. I love that story. But uh-huh. I love the the Krishna, and I do probably have the Hanuman Chalisa. I have those two. Okay. But I mean. Um, because I did the Mahamantra for 16 hours, so I'm a little attached to that. At one time? Yeah, I came to the temple. 
I came to the temple, I think, within like three months. And believe me, many times I'd be at the temple in the beginning, by the way, and I'd be, I'd be my eyes would close, and then I'd open my eyes, and I'd be like, what the hell am I doing here? Oh. No, really. And just flick, like, when you when they did that puja for that, when you when you guys did the puja with the deities. And what do you mean, yogurt, you guys? Well, those guys. <laughs> <laughs> just, I was like, what is, what's going on here? So, um, yes, yeah, so I have to say, if I go to retreat, and um, I don't so want So you're not, you're not, you don't, you don't. You have but, personal preferences, but you wouldn't technically favor one mantra over another. No, they. I go to retreats three no. days, and so I know how I feel. But um, there's a handful that I really like. But when I came here, and they were doing the Hare Krishna, and I said I was just going to come for two hours, and then stayed for ten mm. hours. I didn't leave for ten hours, and the, and the bench was not comfortable for me. Mm. I was in the corner of the, and I just. Was that a- I went home and then I said I, I couldn't stop chanting. The, the chant was chanting me. It was in my head. And then I came back and said I might as well come back. So 16 hours and being a new American Caucasian, right? So I'm not... I sat in the corner and people noticed like, oh my God, she has... And something did happen to me. Weird. How, how long ago was this? Two years ago. Two what, years. So what happened? What happened? So I kept wanting... I mean, what, I kept, the, what weird thing happened to I, you? My body kept wanting to float up. I can't even explain uh, okay. it. No, it was a queer. I wouldn't even talk about it normally now, everyone's. I wanted to, <laughs> I wanted, my body wanted to get up and, and like. Float I would, around. Yeah. Huh. And it just kept wanting to get up. Like I was, and I thought, well, maybe I will do that. Now that's crazy. But see, the difference between me and your brother is I went, well, that's a crazy notion. That's a right, 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 that's right. That's the only right. difference. But yeah, I felt out of body. And you know, I, anyway, by the way, physics has proven by splitting the atom and only cost them like. Ten billion dollars. There is a, there is another dimension right here. When they split the atom, there is a third dimension right in front of us that we cannot see because they split the atom and proved it. And a very small, the nano. But, but that's well, another story. Yeah, I okay. Think that's, in physics, I think, no, no. I I don't know how that's related. Because there are other realities that we can't see. So and like we only use ten percent of our brain, right? We only use ten percent of our brain, which is very small. If we used all our brain. Okay, so I think, I think now when you talk about so so these the theme here all, is is we're not using of all our brain all of our brain and we're not experiencing all of the realities that potentially are available to us is goes back to that what you were talking about being narrow and confined as opposed to being open and available and um, experiencing everything. I mean, yeah, and sitting in a temple for sixteen hours doing nothing about Maha Mantra. Hari Krishna, Hari Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hari Hari, Hari Rama, Hari Ram, Ram Ram, Hari Hari. And you say that again and again for 16 hours. Or I, I, in, they say it, I listen to it, I, sometimes I say it out loud, sometimes I say it to my head. And I, after 16 hours, something happened, which were a few things. One is, and I've never talked about this, this annoy, annoyed the hell out of me. I wanted to kept, my body wanted to come, go, move up, just go up. I uh-huh. don't know what that meant. Okay. I just kept wanting to like, like a little kid. And the other thing was, within about eight hours... Of course, you know, my eyes were closed. It was the same lights. And then I just didn't have any anger to anyone. Hmm. I had no anger. I don't, and, and I, I had no anger all my, of anything, of any problem. Whenever I thought, oh, that was just silly. Like, what does that matter? And then within like, I don't know, 15 hours, I just saw like, and I'm not like a big new age person, but I was like, we're all connected. Everyone's just a soul here. Funny little white lights in my eyes. 
It was crazy. It was like this, this incredible peace, more than I'd ever felt, even at three-day retreats, because it was just sitting there. And then I just went, man, either I'm really crazy or I'm really lucky. Hmm. It didn't last, by the way. I went home and it lasted like a day, uh-huh. and then it was gone. Right. But I have a memory of it. It was real. Yeah. And I actually think it could possibly... There's a difference between is it real or true? Because our emotions are real doesn't mean it's true. But I actually think like there's something true that we all are connected, that things we do ripple out. We don't even know how. Like, Sure. Even third or fourth time. Like I could say something to you, you could say something to them, and that person could be affected by our... Yeah, but it's a, like a... It's it's a very complex, constantly updated network, so you can't even really trace That's cause right. and effect. That's right. Accurately. That's right. Um, That's right. I agree. But something very, when that happened, whatever that was, me wanting to get up and float around, it was just, it wasn't being uh, anxious or, or I want to move around. It wasn't like that. It was something inside. Something really, it was really remarkable. I mean, I, I can't let them So, so now me. are you um, forever chasing that feeling? Not the jumping up because it really irritated me. About, about me looking at everyone like we're connected. Yeah, because people annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm always in judgment. I'm always watching myself being in judgment. Well, now I watch myself being in judgment. Like before I would just be in judgment like this person uh-huh. did that. Now I'll go, oh, look, you're judging him. But it was like I'll name like, it, so I have a little distance. More but like space. some sort of negative pattern was entirely removed from your brain temporarily, right? Oh, it was. Yeah, I know. I still knew that they were annoying. I said, "Oh yeah, that's the person that annoys me." But I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. But I didn't. I, it didn't bother me. And I went, um, "Oh, it's it's not, it's okay." <laughs> like he doesn't know anybody. He's an idiot. Like even if I thought he was an idiot or he's not that smart, whatever I said, I thought yeah. mostly like they don't know. Like, they're ignorant. They don't even know what they do. They're not even aware of what they do. They think they're really cool and nice. Well, th- okay, this is, this is unenlightened Karen talking, right? This is, this is pre-mantra Karen talking. What do you mean? Like, the, would you have said this uh, during, you know, after your 16 hours of chanting? Yeah, it's, I, I, I would. I, I remember what that was feeling like, and you, you asked me, would I, do I want that feeling again? I want more of that feeling. I do have, you know, I have little baby spurts of that. When I oh, chant, okay. when I chant, I do have more tolerance because when you meditate, just regular meditation, quieting it, being aware of your body, being aware and being in the present moment. When you when you meditate, you go into your you, you sit down, you yeah. become aware of your body. You 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 can't mind can't calm mind can't calm down mind. If we our problems mm. are in a box, we can't use the same thinking to get ourselves out of our own box. Right, it's like lifting you up by, by your own bootstraps. It's it, impossible. It, it so, doesn't work, yeah. Vipassana meditation is basically you come and you, you, you go through the body. So you know, What's you, Vipassana meditation? Uh, like watching, like being, like watching. Like okay. so you watch your thoughts. You can't control your thoughts. So let's say the practice is when you're not in a fight no, wait, with someone. Now, and just to be clear, like yeah. we're sort of, does this have anything to do with the temple or is this? Yeah, it does. The Vipassana? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because, well, I just wanted to. Yeah, I, that's okay. Well, I do that. I don't know. I, my background is to. I was with Tara Brock for three, for six years, or, or three, four years before I even came here, and uh, learning uh, mindfulness. Her teachers are Thich Nhat Hanh, Jack Kornfield. She's got a whole array of really brilliant teachers. Now, for you to spend six years with Tara Brock, you must have had some 
what what drew you to to that well i had a ended a relationship of seven years then um my best boyfriend died very young he was he was a great uh person um my mother died a horrible death after many years my girlfriend died um so i lost three friends and three family members in three in three years i just freaked out mm. you know i'd rather have a handful of close friends than like I'm not into like big crowds sure so um that would really rattle everything mm-hmm. health I got CO poisoning in a house, almost died. Just tons of, tons and tons of things. Now, and this sort of drove you into Vipassana meditation? Right, because I was hanging out, partying with people. And, but also even before that, um, I was living with someone who's very nice in a beautiful neighborhood on four acres. He has had a great job in an exclusive neighborhood in Howard County. And I'd made a lot of money in the stock market. I was thinner. I had a nice boyfriend that was crazy about me. Uh, and still I was empty inside. Really? Still empty. No, this was before those yeah, three before tragic that. years? Yeah, yeah, I was, I was still empty inside. And I, ha- I had done some uh, stock trading and got very lucky. Mm-hmm. Well, lucky and smart to get, you know, together mixed. A little luck, a little smarts. Yeah. Um, so I had money, nice boyfriend, nice house. I was thinner reasonably nice looking like to have fun like to read do cool stuff and still I was empty inside and then a lot of tragedy started happening I mean really I lost my money and got in debt I never was in debt I got a uh, two foot blood clot and almost died had two lung emboli two lung emboli one out of three died then he didn't like that. I I couldn't I couldn't move around. I M and M's got fat fatter. He didn't like that. He was like, Ugh. so everything. A tree hit on the hit on the house, a three ton tree, and and if he didn't have like uh, four trusses with a custom home, we would have died, and blew you out were, the you windows were in the house. When in the house, it, yeah. yeah. And then even the fire, we had to leave the house for two weeks. But it went through four trusses. You know, old crappy homes don't have that. Hmm. They had to get it was five thousand eight hundred to get a, a crane off the house. Not a regular train couldn't do it. Train, a uh, crane. Uh-huh. Um, so many, so many things happen. I lost um, what I thought in the stock market. I was being prudent by staying in the market. I was a part of the two thousand uh, stock. I'm into uh, disruptive technologies. Mm-hmm. So whatever, what I was into, I had a lot of money. Not only did I lose all my money, I got in debt. I've never been in debt. And no. then someone said, "Oh, just go bankrupt," and I go, "I refuse to go bankrupt. I'll, I will." I will pay it off and I'll be stronger. So mm-hmm. I moved back home with my parents after the relationship. And so many things, health, money, even before I was empty, though, before I felt empty. And so when all that happened, it was even worse. So I was partying with some people, um, you know, some guy that was politically downtown. It's just some interesting people. And the drinking, I'm a really bad drunk. Like, it just makes me sick. Tried to be mm-hmm. drink. I couldn't even... No. Yeah, it's okay, but... And so I was looking for something that uh, made sense, something. Uh, and so went to Tara Brock and learned how to quiet the mind and just be still. Because in order to be still, you have to be with your shit, your anxieties. Whatever's in there is going to come out. And that's right. why people are workaholics, foodaholics, sex, money. Oh, I'm an antique dealer, so I love objects too. 
And when you take all that away, busyness, work, yeah, and, and, you, and your shit comes out. You know, we tend to think that, um, oh yeah, you just get distracted by random stuff. But no, you don't get distracted by random stuff. There's there's a there's a very sharp in, uh, uh, sort of uh, intent behind all these distractions because they're 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 helping you to avoid specific things. That's right. Absolutely. So it's not just a random right. uh, movie screen that's playing random stuff. It's like all this is directing your attention away from a lot of stuff. Right. Well, you have a habit. You have movies in your head. I see your visual. You do no. have things that are stored from our culture and our childhood. And But even but, those are strategic. Well, so those some are in there. Some of those are in there because um, there's a book called um, Waking the Tiger. You know, we, uh, we either... Um, we either let it go or it's it's stored if it's not released. Like in the in the jungle, when two animals fight, they shake it off and they move. But oh. if you're little, things anyhow, traumas and stuff get trapped in, in in your in your mind. Yeah. So you know the terror rock thing. When you when you go there and you sit, a lot of people she said all their bad stuff comes out. They don't know how to deal with it. So it's a way to quiet the mind. And you have to, and then you realize all that stuff. What you said. You're distracting yourself. We all do, we all do. There's no one that doesn't do it. You've no, it's work. normal. It's normal. It's normal. In fact, we tend. Okay, here's the thing. Now I've been to Tara Brock, and and I I, I enjoyed her meditations a lot, but there I feel very much like I've entered a therapy space. Like, like it's there. It's it's it all meant to be therapeutic. It is kind of. But it is. It's but it, to do that, it's sort of. Um, pathologizing what really is normal behavior. You know, like all of the stuff that we avoid and all the distractions that we engage in is completely normal. It's human behavior. Yes. And so what we're doing is is we're saying, no, 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 that behavior is pathological. And in the process, we're saying, you know, pretty much all of humanity is pathological. Okay, so, so, so let me just backtrack you a little bit. So my understanding of what Tara does... Yeah. Is she saying it's not pathological? She doesn't use judgments. Actually, she's probably the least judgmental. There are many more, much more judgmental here, big okay. time. Okay. But she's the least judgmental person I know, and I'll tell you why. She just says she uses the metaphor. It's like a spacesuit. She never says it's pathological. You're saying okay. that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That is and my. Those it's are my okay. words. It's Absolutely. Okay. See how cool I am? Like two years ago, I go, "You asshole." <laughs> Are you fighting with you? I fought all the time. It's just because it's already in there. Right, right, right. It's like people are angry. It's like a big zit waiting to get popped. That's oh, why I say God. anger. Yeah. It's so gross. So no. So she just says it's like our spaceship, that it's normal because that's our habit. It's what we've inherited. Yeah. Our parents' anxiety. That's in. It's in the cells. It's in the culture. It's what we've inherited and what we see on TV. And it's a spacesuit. And wear. if you go so into space without a spacesuit, you'll die. That's right. So it's for people. She is half. She she's doing. Psych, she's a psychotherapist with Buddhist philosophy. And then she has right. some religious overtones with Thomas Merton and Rumi, who's a is, wonderful... Is Thich Nhat Hanh religious? I don't think so. He's a Zen mindfulness, okay, great teacher. Okay, He's okay. a great mindfulness. Yeah. So when he talks about anger, my friend, that's why I came to Tara Brock. He gave me a book for my birthday on anger. Who did? A, friend, a dear friend of mine, Pat uh -huh. Cassidy, and he said, I opened it and it said, learn to take care of your anger. What the hell is that? What does that mean? So I was so, it's an inquiry. To understand what Tara Brock really does is let's have an inquiry about whatever the subject is versus this conversation with all those emotions that he put on the board, which is, which is nice. 
Uh -huh. It was all over the place. You're talking about uh, the sun, the Sunday open house yeah. talk we had today, in which uh, the audience was called to add things to a list of to see how yes to see how the geats could help with practical issues yeah, yeah, like yeah. anger. So um, from Tara Brock's point of view, she's going to um, how she's going to talk in a different way about it than this. Okay. Okay. So anyway. Remember where we just were, because I wanted to... Uh... Um, you were walking me back from the notion that um, we're pathologizing normal behavior, or that Tara Brock is in any way... She's um, not, but we do ...judgmental. That. But we do that. We're all... Not only... We judge other people because we judge ourselves. But we Constantly. judge ourselves like... Constantly. I'm, we, and we think, I'm pathological. Yeah. But it's like, no, you're not pathological. Right. This is a survival strategy. Right. And it's like... You need a survival strategy. Right. Well, there's a difference between, you know, we need judgment because should I go, that person looks dangerous, should I stay away? Yeah, yeah. We need that. However, um, what we're really talking about is we're sentient beings from the Buddhist tradition. She's coming from the Buddhist tradition okay. purposely and psychotherapy. And we, bottom line, we, when something good happens, we grasp. When it goes away, we want more. We're always mm -hmm. grasping. Sure. And when sh bad shit happens, we are, we push it away. We don't get get away from it. I don't want anything near that bad thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the practice of mindfulness is what she's trying to train is how do I, easier said than done, uh -huh. how do you not grasp after things that are good and push away what's bad? That's not the purpose of what this class is. This per, this oh, what this of, of this con is about teaching about devotion bhakti yoga which is really good so in the movie the mantra movie what I say is bhakti yoga and meditation saved my life because they're different they're, they have similar strands but they're different and in uh, the Gita they talk he talks about mindfulness but it's there's, it's not trained here for example right, right. at Tara Brock I had some people from the temple come and someone said oh, when we did some kirtan. And someone said, oh, I love the meditation. But then she was becoming a little annoying because I was really getting into meditation. And she kept talking in her, in her, in her meditation for the half hour. She'll, she'll say, you know, soften your eyebrows. Right. When you smile, do a half smile because there's 350 um, muscles in your face. And it sends a signal to the brain to relax. Right, right. Just a half smile mm -hmm. to relax. Because you can't relax your mind. You have to go through your right. body. So she's talking you through this while you're trying to meditate. Because what she's trying to teach is how to pay attention. Like, feel the inside of your hands. When, when you don't go around, oh, let me feel the, well, the inside of my hands feel, the back of my neck. We're not even aware of stuff. We, right. Our brain can only like do plus or minus three things at once. But we certainly don't even pay attention to our own bodies. In fact, when we're traumatized as little kids, mm -hmm. and we all are traumatized, we, we live from the neck up. But, sure. Okay, we forget, we leave out the body. I'm not talking sexually, I'm talking we leave the body. Yeah, yeah. And so there's a whole inquiry about why you do meditation, Vipassana, to watch, watch the mind. You can't get rid of the mind. Okay, stop thinking for a second. You can't get rid of it, it's just constantly there. So it's to watch it. Right. When you're not in a heightened state where you're fighting or annoyed, you're annoyed at anyone or you're in danger, when you're just quiet, you, you develop these practices of entering your body, paying attention to things you weren't realizing, watching your thoughts go, like the clouds. Ooh, there's a thought. 
a person's an idiot. Okay. Or I did this. Oh, you watch it instead of being so attached to it. Sure. So attached yeah, to it. I mean, so you get a little, you get more space, you get a little distance. Now, are you still uh, going to Tara Brock's uh, meditation? I'm not currently because I have PT, physical therapy, at that same night. But you would? I would, and I will go back. Yeah, she's always in my heart. I'm so, talking about her right now when I'm at the temple. And so um, do you find that that harmonizes well with what goes on here in ISKCON? Yeah, I think we need we need much more mindfulness, which I've told Vraj and... Um, we need more mindfulness. Absolutely, training. And I'll tell you why. In ISKCON? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Anywhere. Well, anywhere. It's, it's going in the prisons and the schools. We should have that for little kids. Because if you're not aware of what you're doing, you think... like you come, Let's say you come here and you're a really good person... Uh-huh. Like yeah. these yoga, I'll just talk about yoga. People. Now we're being strictly theoretical. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> okay, let's just say, say a yoga retreat. You go to a yoga retreat, you pay all this money, open your heart, be, and then you walk out and you're like, get the hell out of my way. This is, you know, you act like an asshole. You forget who you, you know, you, in three seconds, you forget what you, what you spent three days yes. doing. She cut that out of the movie, well, which I, is fine, Georgia, but she cut that. I go, then you act like a, an asshole. Three seconds later, what happened to three days? You're all like yeah. joyful and then. There's no mindfulness. I knew a guy, this was so funny, he was renting a a room in a house, and the guy who owned the house um, was really into meditation. And he would meditate for like 10 hours a day. And and, and like how he could afford that, I don't know. Like how that that came about is beyond me. But so uh, this friend used to come home, and if he made too much noise getting into his room in the house nah. this guy would go ballistic and start yelling at him so there you go and it was like what what are you doing for right. 10 hours a day that's right so well that that raises a couple of yeah. questions and one is maybe meditation isn't something you're supposed to do all day maybe maybe a half hour 45 minutes is as much as you should do and then attend to the other things Absolutely. The, now you could say well he was just doing it wrong but maybe people shouldn't meditate for 10 hours a day well at least not regularly. Yeah, it's like Jack Cornfield wrote wrote a book called After the Ecstasy After the Ecstasy the, the Trash. Laundry. The laundry. Oh, the laundry. Yeah. The laundry. Excuse me. And it's a I great had that book. book. Okay, I so had we had a book either. discussion about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you can go to the mountain or go to your bedroom from ten hours, and and be peaceful and have everything as you want. And he tried to have how he wanted. Come back down, and then your family's okay, there. Okay, but let's and bring this. Assholes are there, and then regular. But let's people. bring this back. Oh, yes, you know what? He actually, was, so he actually, was I realized. I just realized how why what I said was controversial because here in this con they meditate two hours a day, with the Maha Mantra. So maybe I shouldn't have said half an hour, forty five minutes. I should have said two hours. Okay. Um, now there was obviously debate uh, at the beginning of the Hare Krishna movement about how many hours a day they should be meditating, and the original amount was approximately eight hours. Wow. And they were like, no, we can't do that. Not we, in America. We, we're, we're, <laughs> no. Right, right. And so they're like, uh, you know, we could do four. Uh, no, they didn't say we could do four. Prabhupada, the founder of Charya Viscon, right. said, okay, you know, we'll cut that in half. You don't have to chant 64 rounds. You can chant 32. And they're like, still, it's too much. He goes, all right, I'll tell you what, uh, 16. It's interesting how... In today's world, Prabhupada is sort of a conservative figure. Um, um, I just saw the movie. But when you so look at where he, he came said. from, right. he was extremely liberal. Because, oh, because, well, he was. Compared he was, to he, where he came from. Right, well, he was a devotee of um, Gandhi. Who was? Prabhupada. 
Well, he wasn't a devotee. Meaning that his devotee of his of his philosophy, yes, he was in that way. Devotee meaning he he aspired to his principles. So I, I say devotee. He aspired to him. He took them in. He believed in them. Uh, well, for a time, but you have to. I mean, put that in the context of this is someone under British rule, and here's a guy who's, okay. you know, setting our country free. Okay, so but I just anyway. used devotee as he he abide, he liked his principles. He thought a lot of them. Did you saw the Hare Krishna movie? No, I haven't. Well, then you know, need to go see it, and then we can talk about it. You okay, need, okay. Let's, let's extend it for another week. I saw it not once, I saw it twice. Yeah. I saw it again. I stayed there and saw it again after the first time. And what's the name of the movie? Hare Krishna, the Swami, the, 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 Hare Krishna, the Swami, the movement who started it all, something like that. Okay. Yeah, so it's really good. And the, you'll hear from his own, hear from the horse's mouth, not what they said. You'll, you'll see the movie, and then we can have another talk. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, he... Yeah. he I he, have read the Lilamrita, the okay. Prabhupada's, like, yeah. the... What two thousand page biography? So anyway, yes. Yeah, so I don't know. I just saw him talk. I heard him talk, and so it's from the horse's mouth what he said. Okay. Okay. So All anyway, right, now now let, I don't. So want to two hours. I, I don't want to completely get because off he said the you subject, have to Americanize it. But yes, I don't so. want to get completely off the subject of Tarabrak and Iskon and. But this guy just and, and the importance of Vipassana. You think in Iskon? Anywhere. Anywhere. That it's just a. It's just a good. It's it, a good practice because you're because what it is it's. Mindfulness is most people walk around in a virtual reality of some kind and they don't even know it. That's what's really scary. So the, the phones, yeah. the computer, yeah. like I can't wait to go home and see oh, how, who emailed me, being on the phone. Yeah. The people in the temple on well, their yeah, phones. This isn't, this isn't new information. Right. Yeah. So we're in a virtual reality even in our brains. We're thinking about what I have to do now instead of... being in the present moment so when i get in that right. car when i get in that car i put that mantra like i don't even hesitate okay okay so what i'm what i'm hearing from you is the value of of um what you've learned from tara because it's in the gita about mindfulness it's i know it. i know yeah, but what, what tell me now tell me about the value of what's at iscon okay well just i want to just finish about that guy with the 10 the 10 hours yeah that's just oh yeah, yeah 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 it's yeah. very it's a little selfish that's, oh it's insane it's okay. yeah it's it's in, it's incredibly self-centered so he could meditate when everyone's gone all day, when they're at work. Let's say most people go to work yeah. in the day. And then when people come home or they get up in the morning, he knows, like, they have different hours at the ashrams, from this to this earliest quiet time. They have little things because we have to get along together and think of each other. And so this is where bhakti yoga comes. The, I'll come back to your time. Okay. Okay. That meditation is very important, so you're aware of how you, you have consciousness, you're not so reactive in your emotions. You have a little distance. In the same way, doing the Maha Mantra a couple hours a day is reasonable. And when you do mantras, they have an effect on you. If I listen to a mantra in a half hour, put a CD on my house, I'm different after that half hour. If I don't have some kind of chanting every day, mm. and I mean minimum of 10 minutes, yeah. half hour, an hour, two hours, I am not the same person. Like, there are days where I don't do anything. I'm like, I don't know why. I just maybe stay in my house. I don't have any, any chanting. I'm like acting a little bit like an ass, a little bit like an asshole. You know, just self-centered. I get irritated more. So you just, you, you really see, like, obvious effects of chanting. Yeah, practical, real things. Not like high sky, I'm thinking of being with God every second. Yeah. Which is the ultimate goal of bhakti yoga, I think. Uh-huh. Is it your goal? Well, you know, I'm more I'm more thinking about God now than I ever have. Oh yeah. Because I think of God as unconditional love. 
as God like offering that or being it? I have no idea, really. <laughs> to be honest with you, I don't really know. Yeah. But okay. I know that something makes your heart beat. Uh-huh. I know that you talk, I'm interested in listening to you. And that's, what. what is that? Like, I, I came out of my mother's stomach. That's like, everything's a mystery in life. This is something Tara Brock always brings up. Mm. Everything's so mysterious. But because we're just in this our virtual you know, mind, we forgot like how mysterious this is. Even mm. a conversation being engaged. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to sound like some flower child, but you know, a tree, nature. That's why people like to go to nature because they just feel at home. They just go, ah. You know, they feel different after a while. Yeah. Usually, not yeah. always. Yeah. And so life is really mis- mysterious and yeah. it's very powerful. And we just, if we're in this little bubble or spacesuit mind, we don't even. It's not mysterious. Yeah, well, we, we, right? It is mysterious, but we take it like it's not. And mm-hmm. we objectify each other too. We objectified not just men with hot chicks and babes, right? But we, m- women objectify men. Well, yeah, duh. And then, and then even the idea of love, I want to get married so I feel secure. I mean, how much real love is there? And why, why, is, it, why, is, the 50, why is the marriage 50%? Well, what's love? You, you want to ask me? Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm cynical. <laughs> I, think, I mean, you're like, yeah, like, okay, yeah, so, so, so can, that's not real love. Okay, fine. Well, what is? Okay, so love, love is uh, regular love. I mean, if we, it's pretty self-centered. It's really like, as as Raj was saying at the temple today, he beautifully said, you know, it's kind of like, people are pretty selfish. And they and they kind of were like, this is mine. I want this for me. And a friend of mine said, people meet, get together for, to fill each other's needs. Like, I'm with you because yes. you fill my need. Yes. Unconsciously and consciously. My father was a jerk to me, so I'm going to find a guy that's a jerk to me, and then I'm going to heal him or make well, him better. So there's all kinds of twists. Okay, wait, wait, wait. But before we, before we, you know, and this is this is sort of like I feel like we're we're entering in the territory of pathologize, pathologizing normal behavior because, okay, so people are pretty selfish uh, with what they have and they, and they want to keep it, but you can easily be like, okay, I'm going to give away everything that I have, it'll get taken, it'll disappear. And you won't have anything left. And there won't be a lot of gratitude behind. No, I don't like, like that either. Like there is a certain amount of selfishness that is necessary to survive. Right, right. So. I'm just saying we are, we don't have a choice. We just are selfish kind of. We, we, kind we have of to be. Yeah. To protect ourselves. But so um, I'm going to say, I'm going to use, I'm going to just use the metaphor that the person I like to listen to, Krishna Das, because he, uh-huh. because he says something, and I come back a year later, he says the same thing, and I got something. I have different ears now to hear it, hmm. which is this. Um, love, I think his guru told him, Neem Curly Baba, that love is a business. Love is a business arrangement. So you have a girlfriend, You let's just whether it's gay or it doesn't matter, heterosexual, okay? Just a love relationship. It's business. We have, I like you, you like me, I like the way you look, you do this for me, I do this for you, but it's conditional. So let's just say, for instance, we'll talk a little risque here, you have an open relationship sexually and you agree, okay, you can go sleep with other people and I will. But if you don't have that agreement and the wife comes home and sees the husband banging someone, it's not going to be very happy. And if he does it enough, if she's not, doesn't have to be for the kids, she says bye-bye if she can. 
In other words, 50% of the marriages break up because they don't get along anymore. It's conditions. It's based on certain conditions. I like you. You do this. We have rules. This is acceptable. We get along. We don't get along. Mm-hmm. 50%, 50% marriage divorce rate right now. Maybe it's higher. Well, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's not, yeah. You got together. You voluntary. It's not like forced marriage. You married and then you're adults or you're 20, you're considered adults. I don't think people are ever adults, by the way, but, um, yeah. and, and they break up. So love is, love relationships between men and women or well, romantic you know, is like a business. It's like business. I would say a lot of um, mother-child mother relationships are unconditional. That's the closest thing. I was just going to say he's, that is the closest thing to unconditional. And the thing about the metaphor of God yeah. is it's unconditional, that we're all came from some beings, something wonderful. And even if you're like like a jerk or you kill someone, you can still go ask for forgiveness. Now I have a problem with the, sorry, the Christians that go, you're only going to get saved if you believe in Jesus. And the Orthodox Jews, the rest of the Jews aren't even Jews, the Orthodox. Because they're so oh, strange. Right, right, right. You're not even Jewish if you don't do this and this. Yeah. And it's very other here. But they don't make you do them. They'll still get along. Like, okay, you can do your thing and I'll do my thing. But don't ask. Like, I don't want you to be my religion either because you're not Jewish. You have to convince me if you want to be Jewish, actually. The Jewish are so picky. Right. Why do you want to be Jewish? Are you sure? You have to have like three interviews before. But the Christians will say, okay, you believe in Jesus here. Come, they'll proselyte you. So they're all right. different extremes. And that's the, the way thing. I would say the Hare Krishnas are on the Christian end of that spectrum. Anyone who comes in is welcome. Whereas in the, in the Jewish uh, way, it's like, well, fill out this application and we'll talk. Well, that's to be weeks. orthodox. That's to be orthodox. Right, right. That's only to be orthodox. But no, the Hare Krishnas aren't like that. When I came and I asked Ananda, is this a religion? And she said, no, this is Krishna consciousness is not a religion. So we <laughs> can talk about that because... Yeah. Yeah, well, the I, main, the I, main I sort thing. of, I sort of like, I'm like, okay, fine. I mean, however, it does look like a duck. It quacks like a duck. It flies like a duck. It lays eggs like a duck. It swims in the water like a duck. But I guess it's not a duck. So you're talking about the rules? I'm talking about being a religion. So okay, so specifically, it has all of the characteristics that you would use to describe a religion, except for one thing. They just say they're not a religion. Okay, so. According to just, you've read, you've read much more, many books than I have. I just saw the Hare Krishna movie. And Prabhupada, the founder, said, anyone can come and learn about Krishna consciousness. Yeah. And I actually, I believe this for me. I don't care if you're Jewish, Catholic, Muslim. He didn't say Jewish, by the way. Just a Catholic, Muslim, Islam. <laughs> he didn't, he didn't say it. Um, can come here and get something from Krishna consciousness. And I tell you, mm-hmm. I believe that. 110%. Like, I can come in here. Now, you know, some of the devotees go, oh, you're, you're, I go, you know, I'm not a Hare Krishna. And they go, oh, yes, you are. And I go, no, I'm not. And they go, oh, you were. I go, maybe I was in another life, but I'm not now. But I love hearing about Krishna consciousness because it's just such a great reminder of such great values. Like, think of other people. Um, practice japa to get out of your, to help quiet the chattering of your mind, which is meditation. Practice um, bhakti yoga so you become less selfish. Like, I actually believe that. But I'm not bowing down, am I? I'm not bowing down. 
when everyone bows down, I don't I don't bow down. Uh-huh. I don't follow all the exact rules. I drink alcohol. I do other things. We'll talk about. But I value coming here because I get reminded, both mentally, emotionally, in my cells, the beautiful thing about bhakti yoga, which has now made me think about God more than any time before. Because when I went to Hebrew school, I was forced to go. So I went to regular school and uh-huh. Hebrew school three times a week, and I hated it. And my mother at the end said, do you want to be a boss mitzvah? And I went, no. And she didn't make me. So, so I'm, know, more, I'm more thinking about more God now than I ever have. It's isn't funny it? how, I mean, you really are giving a ringing endorsement to ISKCON. Like, you really have benefited from it, and you see it as beneficial in society. Yes. And have something, has something valuable to yes. offer. Yes, but not at, the, not at the airports, not with the books at the airport. You know, I refused to come yeah, here. Yeah. Did I tell you that? I wouldn't no. come here. What? I wouldn't come to ISCOM for 20 years and live up the road. I refused to come. Why? Because in Florida, when I was just a teenager, you know, at the at the airport, they were like in my face, you know. You don't, I'm a book, I used to sell books door to door, so I know how to sell books. You don't do it like that. You do it like, well, I was actually great, door to sales man. But I was very turned off. And then I got in an argument with somebody. They said, well, here's a book. Well, we want $5. He goes, is it, is it free or not? You know, then I got mad at that. You know, so I was just fighting. So that was it. And then, you know, there's a movie about a hard Krishna with Al- Alex Baldwin where he accidentally, he's a, he's a bad detective. He's a psychopath. Uh-huh. And he breaks a hard Krishna at the airport because he's so annoyed with them. And the hard Krishna dies. It's a dark comedy. Yeah. And But that's how he catches him through this death. And I was like, see? See how annoying so, you are? Okay. So, so but, you know, wait a minute. Now, this is important, I think, for people in ISKCON to hear. I'm talking to somebody who was turned away yes. from the movement by book distribution. Yeah, she, well, she, Georgia cut that out in the movie, too. Because she, she, she had a limitation. She wanted to get my story. I'm in this movie because she wanted to know why I come to the Hare Krishna Temple and I'm not religious. How do you go to that temple and you're not even religious? How do you even go there? So they were all curious. So they said, we want to hear the whole story about you. Yeah. Because when, when I, all that stuff happened to me and I heard... David Pramel, I don't know what they were doing back and forth. I was like, I was thought, a friend took me to a concert, and I go, what is this back and forth? All oh, I was the, at, the the chanting response. Yeah, David Pramel came to the to. A, I don't know who that is. They're great. You have to hear them. Okay. She's beautiful. So, but she's not. She's she's a different Osha. She's from a different, more Buddhist and. Okay. She does some mantras, but she does uh, more the Buddhist. Okay. Line. Anyway. I left all my friends. I went right up front. I cried. I cried the whole time. I was like, I don't know what you're doing, but I feel something. That was it. And then through my book club, I heard a Krishna Das tape, and I went, I don't know. I thought he was an Indian, dark Indian. I don't know who that guy is, but when he came here, I saw him. And he's a Jewish guy that's very funny, and he's really real. And he gets down to the... He was making fun of the audience, going, do you always sing what you don't know what you're singing about? Mm -hmm. And then I went down to retreat. And then it, whatever he had, what he was talking about, it was real. I knew that there could be love in the world, not just selfish. Like, I want, you know, I want to make out with you, or I want to hang out with you because you're so good looking, or I want just to have fun. It wasn't just to get something. It was really about the idea of love. We're getting back to that anyway. Yeah. This idea of unconditional love is foreign to me. But I, you're some, my mother, I felt it from my parent, my mother and father. Right, but you're getting insight into it from coming here 
to from, the temple. Well, from, no, I wasn't here yet from hearing the mantras. Oh, okay. okay. Whatever I felt, I felt real love. And I don't know if you want to call God being a presence with the mindfulness presence, your presence, your consciousness, yeah. and your connection. Because we're part of something, right? We're part of something. We're part of... We're, we're, sure. We're, we're dust. We, go, we're, we come somewhere. Now, I don't know if physics, you're not born or died. I don't know about reincarnation, but I would never consider that before being Jewish. That's like, holy no. <laughs> and now I actually think, now I actually think, that some guy came here. It was so convincing. He was a scientist. It was so convincing, and I just, I feel like there probably, it could be reincarnation, probably is now. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, I will tell you a story about my dad dying in New York, who I didn't get along with my father in New York too much. Yeah. He wasn't very nice. Yeah. He was, very, he was a pretty selfish guy. He was dying in his bed. Yeah. And uh, I was cut out of a, a, a generous will. His, mm. he, didn't, he didn't put it in me, and the stepmother kept it all. Okay. Okay, so I was pretty upset. He goes, oh, I should have, I should have put you in a will. Like I was like, too late now, because she's she's very selfish. So, on his deathbed, I came to the temple here, and I said, Ugh. this was recently. It was recently, like a year ago, and the, one of the puja ladies here went, oh, sing Hare Krishna to him. I'm like, ah, I will not sing. I will not. I will not talk to him. And they went, oh, go home, get on the floor, and sing Hare Krishna to him. <laughs> I like how you're like a, you're like a Norwegian Irish. Uh... Well, I'm trying to be her Indian. I'm sorry, bad accent. I'm sorry. I'm like, ah, no, he's a son of a bitch. Oh, don't call your father that. So after about chanting, I did the RT about about 45 minutes at 8:30. I said, okay, I'll go home. And I got on the phone, and my brother Adam was there, and uh, he said, well, he's in a coma. He's gone. They left. All day he's been in a coma. He's on heavy drugs. This is it. Then everyone left. I'm here. He won't talk to me. He won't make any eye movements. I said, okay, well, here's what you, I want you to do, Adam. I'm gonna, I was just at temple, and he thought I meant a Jewish temple, because I said mm -hmm. temple. And uh, the temple, pre, the, you know, the, I didn't say rabbi. I just said the, the temple, temple person told me to, <laughs> I'm going to sing him a little song on his, on his way out, leaving the body. So put the phone into his ear. Put the mic on. I'm going to sing some words. You don't know what the hell I'm doing. Just hang in there. So I started singing Hare Krishna, but I switched to Hashem. I used, some, I used Hashem, which is the Jewish word of yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. So I went, Hare. I said, Dad, here, this is your daughter. I'm going to start singing some words stuff to you. But I know you're in your body, and you're probably weirded out because you're on heavy drugs. So I don't know if you can hear me or not. I just started talking to him. And, and um so first I think I started, here's the song you sent me when I was a little kid, Signifying Monkey. And they said, no, I'm going to do a prayer which was just at the temple. And, you're, and it's going to be some Hindu words and some Jewish words. Just hang in there. They're all going to like be there to soothe you. So I started singing Hare Krishna, and then I started singing Hare Hasham. Hare Krishna, Hare. And I just started singing Hare Krishna, Hare Hasham. And if, if, if for unbelievable, he started, he woke up and started blinking. And Adam started crying because they were there all day. He thought, so he came out, he can hear you. I go, how do you know? Because he's blinking his eyes. And I said, oh, and, and I'm pissed at him. I'm so pissed, pissed at him. And sure. I go, you know, you should f f fucking die in hell. You're probably going to edit this out. That's fine. You should go to hell because you saw, you took, I didn't say that. I just went, listen, you're a soul. And your body, you're going to leave your body, but you're a soul. So you're going to be like a little monkey, like, how that song we're going to be like two monkeys in a tree in another lifetime you're a soul and you're leaving your body but your soul so you're never going to die 
So don't be afraid because you're, wherever you're going next, I'll see you. Maybe we'll end up like two monkeys and signifying, it was a song about monkeys in a tree. Maybe we'll be like two monkeys in a tree, like that song you used to sing me, and I sang him that song. And I love you, and I don't know where that came from because I wanted to kill him. Hmm. I wanted to kill him, he's dying. I still wanted to let go. Ugh. I could have really yelled at him, right? And made him feel really bad, but I lied said, you're a good father and I love you. Mm. And I did love him. I didn't like him. Yeah. And so then I started doing chanting. And here's my brother that never cries, shows emotion. He was crying and saying, oh, my God, a miracle's happened. What's the rabbi? Rabbi! He woke up. <laughs> I know he heard me. She went to the temple. I didn't have the heart to say, well, the Hindu temple. <laughs> Sorry, Krishna. <laughs> so that was kind of a weird thing, right? So... Was that that mantra was a that it was a ma mantra mixed with Hashem, all those words and then Hashem, which is God. Yeah. And that pretty much freaked him out. It freaked me out. And and there you go. And there and here I am, angry, bitter. I'm still bitter at his wife who stole all the money from all the kids. Oh, he gives she gives money to one boy, not to him or me. A lot of money. Mm-hmm. Okay, more than a million dollars. Didn't get didn't give us anything. Took it all. And here I was, angry, I wanted to be mean, I wanted to fight like usual, and there I was, being nice to my father. That wasn't me. Who was that? I don't know. Hmm. You tell me what that was, because I didn't want to do it. She talked, she said, go home, call your, you know. So basically, you you were following the directions of someone from the temple. That I admire, that does all that puja stuff, when I don't know what they're doing. Uh I have no idea what they're doing. But you followed her instructions, and it seemed to work. Oh, it didn't seem to work. It worked. Either it did works. Work. It either works or doesn't. Let's you and me, or we let's live in let's live like practicality. Yeah. I don't know what happened. He right. didn't lie. He was gone all day. Heavy heroin or, or uh, method. Uh, um. It's not heroin, but it's heavy. It's like a methadone. It's heavy yeah, duty. It's, um, morphine. It's an opioid. Morphine. Yeah. Heavy duty. If you've ever done morphine, not that I have. No, I haven't. <laughs> and it, it's heavy duty. <laughs> So he was out, out, no, no responses, nothing. He said he'll, sure, he'll, sure, he'll, sure. He, and he did pass away, by the way, about five hours later, four hours later. But he woke up. He, he heard Adam. Adam said, "Dad, I'm here too." Karen was at the temple. Karen just talked to you, but he already went like that to me, and so he was like, "Holy shit!" I mean, he was freaked out. Hmm. And then he had a closer relationship with me, thinking it was a rabbit, it was a miracle from God. I don't, do I know what it is? No. Right. And do I care? No, because I don't know. Well. Uh, okay, so you should do part two you, now. You, <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've been here for two and a half years, and uh, things seem to be happening that that are uh, partially comprehensible, not fully comprehensible. Uh, do you have any sort of recommendations for anyone who's listening? Is there anything that people should try or know? Like, do you feel like I think meditation in a reasonable manner, not obsessive, like. Learning how mm. to pay attention, and not and learning how, how to not be so identified with um, the spacesuit self. It's yeah. normal well, to do that. Well, now it, you're, but now you're, you're, you're. What I hear is sort of the vipassana tarabrahma approach and what? chanting both. They're both. Very, I think they're chanting both. the maha mantra. Just any chanting. Any mantra. Right. I happen to like the maha mantra. So no, yeah. I'm not. No, I, I'm not a zealous like that. Just do what you want. No, yeah. I'm not like that. You're not technically a Hare Krishna. No, I'm not. But you just like it here. I love it here. 
<laughs> you know, I have a Hindu name. I have a Hindu name. Oh, yeah? And I was given a name by someone, and someone in the temple said, you're not initiated. I go, no, you can't have that name. I do have that name, and I like that name. I'm keeping the name. <laughs> so I've gotten a few fights with people what, here. Who gave you that name? Oh, one of the neighbors. Can't say. What, can you tell me what the name is? Yeah, it's Krishna Pradia. Krishna Pradia? Krishna Pradia. Krishna Priya. Which she told me it means I love Krishna so much, but Krishna Das said, and Krishna Das said, no, that means you're beloved. You're the beloved of Krishna. Oh, you're loved. Oh, I see. So, yeah. Priya means beloved. I like that very much. You know, at first I didn't want to, I didn't feel loved. I didn't want the name. I went, oh, I'm not, I'm not loved by God. He's, he's darkened me. Like, you forgot me, you miserable, you miserable. You have disappointed me. Yeah, you're a miserable yeah. son of a bitch. You know, I, yeah. I have a lot of, diff, a lot of darkness and difficulties. Yeah. You know, did I feel loved? I didn't want the name in the beginning. I thought me loving him, but then when I was told you're, you're beloved, I go, no, that doesn't fit me. I can't have that name. Mm. I didn't want that name in the beginning. And so then after a while, I was like, you know what? Maybe I am. Maybe I am beloved. I just don't know. I just don't know that I am. Sure. I'm, How, in, I'm yeah. in a virtual reality of whatever I think it is. Right. My own pathology. Yeah. Yeah, I'm stuck in it. And it is normal. I, I want to be a little less stuck. I want to have more space between. I just want to have some more space. Okay. So if I was going to say a message to ISKCON, it would be there should be mindfulness practices. So well, I'm, well, actually, I was more interested in your message to the listeners, which some will be in ISKCON, but some won't even know what ISKCON is. Oh, okay. So, uh, yeah, I think I think you should watch the Hare Krishna movie. Okay. And I'll tell you why, because it's it, it cuts through some of the misnomers, like that hair they do that I can't stand. The what, bald, the, the I top can't, knot? Yeah, I can't stand it. Sorry. I don't like it. Well, yeah, it's weird. They did that accordingly just when they went to England just to get some attention in the streets. Uh-huh. It's not religious at all, including the, the yellow they wore. Really? Really. Is that in the movie? It's in the movie. Oh. So it really cut a lot of the, I think the director did a great job, him and his wife. I drove down with him on the way to the movie from here. And uh, because, you know, I was a little emotional on some of the things, I watched it again to be cl to get more clarity. I watched it double, back to back. Uh-huh. Because some of it, I was emotional because I love George Harrison. You know, George Harrison, he did things. He, he partied a little. He did stuff. But, you know, the Beatles were into it. George Harrison especially. He said it just helped him living. He didn't want to, he says in the movie, you know, I'm having a head trip here one day. And he said, Prabhupada wants to see you. He's like, no, no, no. And then he said he'd go to the temple. And he was so, when he left the temple, he was so happy. Uh -huh. I feel the same way. I feel more like yeah. George Harrison. Yeah. Well, there is, isn't there something sort, it's interesting that, the temple has this sort of big medicine thing where you f you leave happier. You know what I mean? I don't know. It just happens because even when I didn't know people, that many people, people were like looking at me like this. What are you? What are you? You because know, I I I had a lot of people the way I dressed, maybe t-shirts. Yeah, in the beginning. Yeah. Like who are you and what are you doing here? Exactly for okay. a long time, uh -huh. a long long time. And then I went to play cartels. I went, you can't play cartels. I go, I'll play in the corner. So I'll just go in the you know, corner it's funny. very lightly. You're so obviously not an Indian woman because Indian women tend to be reserved. <laughs> 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 but that's just, you're not reserved. And, and that's not a criticism at all. Uh, you know, I mean, because it, it takes you to interesting places, you know, and like... For you to say, yeah, I'm going to play the cartels. No, I asked if I could play 
not in the in not with them but could i play on the side mm -hmm. and they said well it's going to interrupt i go no no i'll go in the back i should clarify that because that is important yeah. i said i'm going to go in the very back of the temple so i can watch and do very quiet she oh, said okay. yes yeah. so i did, mm -hmm. i never said i actually don't like when people do that and i'm not I might not be shy, but I'm not really inconsiderate like that. So just you know, to clarify that, and as a, cut that out. As a complete aside, Cause, cause that, I have problems with cartels in general because I'm generally trying to record stuff, right. and they're the worst. They destroy a recording. You can't have them too loud. So. No, they exactly. So uh, the way I was trained by a couple people is you play very lightly. Yes. Nina, Nina Rausch. But you get excited, you get into it, and, you know, it gets louder. Okay, but really... The cartels don't take over; they lead. But anyway, so like I was just at a cart at a curtain, and he's saying, "Yeah, you should play louder." And I go, "No, I'm going to play how I'm being trained by." Yeah. And it's lightly. Yeah. And it's softly. So, but when I did ask about the cartels, someone told me, "Well, it's going to take you five years." And I go, "It's not going to take me five years." Five but years to do to learn because it's a full instrument to play correctly, correctly. Oh. Years and years. I said, "Well, can I just go in the back?" Yeah. And very lightly and they went yeah so that's just you have to take that out because it sounds like i was like i wanted to play in the circle well i think you explained yourself well okay yeah so and then and then they did let me uh-huh you worked your way in yeah and then ananda the temple president uh -huh. gave me a set oh really yeah as a gift she's spreading them no is she at the heart of all this no just just me i think <laughs> she just gave it to me i don't know why just to say hey you know you can learn this if you want this is something you could try uh-huh because I, cause I, I was interested, and then she just gave me a pair. She probably thought I was going to go home and practice. Right. And so um, that was very nice of her. And um, the other thing about the temple, honestly, I do believe this. People don't understand that. I think you can just be wherever you're at, come to the temple, hear the chanting, hear that talk. Most of those talks are very good. I don't mm -hmm. like exegesis, like read from the book. I don't need a lecture. Like, I don't want sure. history. That's very boring to me. That I don't love. But I'd say at least 65... Like, you like questions and answers, that sort of thing? That's much better. But even exegesis, meaning here's the Gita and this on and on, and the stories I can't follow. But yeah. the other speakers, we've had some great speakers here. And even if 65% are good talks, it's worth it. It's really worth... Right. It really is. because if That's one a very idea, good batting average, actually. Yeah. And even yeah. though they might not like that, but that's... Well... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're free to speak your mind. Yeah, so it's it's worth it for anyone. And I think anyone, like we were, we, I was part of the Bhakti Lodge with some people here, and uh, I was supposed to be here to help them, but really, I got something out of it too. Hmm. I, I, got, uh, I got to watch people's reaction overreact. They overreacted, they be, you know, they're a little nervous. And instead of me going, just being in judgment, of course I did go into judgment, then very quickly I left that. And went into like, well, how can I help you? Hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, that's just all bullshit. Like, we're all, we're all, you know, we're all ha have issues. We all have nervousness. We all have this. We all have that. We all share insecurities. We all share this. I just wasn't attached to it. It's really beautiful that I could see some of the fruits. Yeah. Some of the fruits. I really had a lot of, and it wasn't so you'd become a Hare Krishna. It was just, just explain the Gita, like maybe... There's a Jewish lady in here, and you know, I just think the the some of the, some things about Krishna consciousness we'll just call Krishna consciousness, but Bhakti Yoga mm -hmm. is very is very interesting, and I am interested more now. I will tell you, I am interested more 
about the the, uh, the deeper, you know, the the chanting of God's names. Like that whole thing is totally mysterious to me. It's still mysterious. They're all different. Ram, Lachman, Hanuman. I mean, I don't know what the hell that is. I don't know what they are. I have no idea. Right. I still don't. But when I go to that temple, uh-huh. and I'm in the morning, in the Sunday's mornings, we'll go back to that, and you feel that passion, that devotion. I just like being around it. It's just like so different than being in America. Like my normal stuff. Talking to people on the phone, going to yeah. Giant, walking around. Even going to like synagogue or... It's just completely different. Mm. It's like I'm in so, a different world. So, Do you think that ISKCON is a religion or not? No. But I think... No. I, but I think that the practice of devotional chanting, because I find some people there think they're like really holy and they're, you know, there's all kinds of people there, right? <laughs> oh, sure. So yeah. just because you go there and do that, <laughs> do I think they're like religious or very mindfulness? No, not necessarily. But I do find that, I don't know if it's the Indian culture. Now, this is another thing. See, I think the Indian culture is different. Yeah. I think that they're, they're, like Krishna Das says, I'm quoting him again, we grew up with Mickey Mouse, they grew up with Ram. So see... Yeah, but you know what's interesting is that, like, um, my last interview with, was with Jiva Tattva Das, and okay. he was saying that he, it wasn't until he came here to America and came to the ISKCON temple that he really felt that he discovered his Indian heritage. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And... I, I came to this Indian temple, and I think more about God now, but it's not their God, even though I do, I don't know who Krishna is, because I don't, I have a problem with him being a person. I don't, you know. Yeah, that's a, that's a difficult thing. That's another, I mean, I don't know how long you want to do, but that's another conversation I have a big problem with. Oh, okay. But, uh, if, but I do think that saints do come to help people and guide people. I do think saints do come, and they help angels, bodhisattvas. Uh-huh. You know, that's that's the, the Have Buddhist. you met any? Yeah, I think I I think Tara Brock is she'll kill me if she heard this. <laughs> really? I think she's guided by angels, let's say. She's not mm. an angel. Mm. I don't think she's an angel, but I think she's heavily influenced. I think she has all the meditation. She lived in an ashram for twenty years. And it, it, I think it started off to save her own ass, probably. Yeah, probably. But get it morphed into like she's there. I mean, because she's human, so I don't think she is a god or angel, but she's heavily influenced by Bodhisattva so much that it's taken on part of her. And I don't give a shit if she is or isn't. All I know is I'd rather have someone there for me than not. If I have to be influenced by someone that's not going to judge me and teach me how to not be so attached to my judgments of people, because I still judge the crap out of people, Mm -hmm. but I'm not so attached to them. I can let them go. If I can learn how to let stuff go more, just let go and come back to my intention whatever that is if I can let go and come back it's really that's what the process is letting go and coming back right being human right and then letting go of that oh I shouldn't do this whatever and then coming back to what and being reminded of what's important and we have to do that in Sangha whether it's Sangha of Tara Brock or the Sangha here the, the, the group and a Sangha so- is association with other people group of mindful people that get together that care about having an inquiry about our path, what we do in life. Mm-hmm. You know, just having inquiry, not judgmental. Right. Coming here, if you want to have their little talk and have questions, okay, that's their version. Mm-hmm. So, I, 
I would never want to just do meditation without bhakti yoga. And I would never want to do bhakti yoga without meditation. Hmm. Ever. I can't, I don't see, you know, I, and I think, again, that they should have practices um, like when one of the people came to Tara Brock and I was, we stopped this and you can cut this out if you don't want it. We didn't finish it. When, we, when she did, did her meditation on the body, this, the, the person said, I won't say their name. It was really beautiful. I was in a deep meditation. And then she got me out of it. She kept talking. Oh. And I said, well, the point of her doing that wasn't to put you in a meditation. It was a training of how to pay attention to your body without falling asleep or feeling good. It's not about feeling good right. or getting away from It's not about doing anything, actually. Mm. We think meditation is to do something. It isn't to do anything. It's just to watch, be aware, be conscious in the present. It's training how to be in the present moment. And in one second, you're gone. That guy said today, well, I'm in the present moment, and then I'm all, uh, uh, it's already gone. He had no clue even how to do any of that. has no map. So you can talk about it all you want till you're blue in the face. But he doesn't know how to do it. There's no training on how to do it. You can say all you want. Well, okay. Oh, okay. here's a step, five, five step to become a millionaire. Well, how do I do it? Well, okay. Um, so her, but, but, okay, so, so uh, stepping back, a little bigger picture here is that um, something goes on at this temple that's really nice. Yes. Really fabulous. You're right. So what you're talking about is not really something that's missing, but something that would be beautiful to add. Well, they, they speak about it in the Gita, mindfulness, but there's yeah. no training. A talk, but, a talk is not enough. You can't talk about stuff. Because, yeah, okay, I have an idea, but how do I do it? We need to be taught how to do things. Within the context of Hare Krishna? Yeah, why not? Why okay. not? ISKCON, it's ISKCON, International Society of Krishna Consciousness. Right. It's not Hare Krishna. It is a Hare Krishna temple, well, I guess. Well, I think but that's, that's, it's that's sort of interchangeable. Except I mean, Anana's going to assist, and she's the president, that this is the International Society of Krishna Consciousness. That's what this really is about. Huh. So Hare Krishna has a cult kind of idea, cult feeling, Hare Krishna, with rules, right? Yeah. And then ISKCON, of Krishna Consciousness, is a much broader. It feels different. I mean, oh, I, talk, I, I use, I've been using them interchangeably. Okay, but I'm just saying, so um, they talk about the Gita, and, and what, what, how do they teach about uh, Bhakti Yoga? Chant, chant the Hare Krishna. Mm -hmm. So they do it. Yeah. That's how they do it. You have to do it. You can't talk about it, but they talk about mindfulness like it's going to do anything. It's not going to do shit. Oh, Sorry. I, I see what you're saying. They have to have a practice of it. Get that? That's what I've been trying to say. Okay, well, you know, it's Whether funny... It, a lot of people come here with with a sort of there's a frustration like uh, you know ISKCON doesn't do this ISKCON doesn't do that like what um, well other people think that, that you know we need better um, training for people who are new in in the philosophy depending on where they come from so it's they had the bhakti lounge right it's funny everyone has their sort of uh, pet peeve but not my pet peeve go ahead. I don't have pet peeves here. Okay. I, and, just, and you know, I, I, I just want to say I think ISKCON is fine. Yeah. I, I'm, I have no complaints about it. Okay. It's, um, it is what it is. Uh, now, if we could add that, I see the value of that. Yeah, I don't have a pet peeve either. But, but, I don't, but I don't approach it from this is a problem that they're lacking. Instead, this is like this would just be another addition that would make it even nicer. You see what I'm saying? Well, okay. So it's it's not really a pet peeve. But they talk about 
treating other people well, but if you don't know that you don't know, how you if you're not conscious, then how do you know? Mm-hmm. And mindfulness, like japa, is a practice, and talking about it isn't enough. Right. So, do I have a pet peeve with Iskant? No, but. But you would like to see this incorporated because I love, I love this temple. I love Ananda. I love these people here. Even if some of them annoy me, and they're rude. How did you get that name? You can't have that name. Whatever. Right. I love what they're doing here. Hmm. Do I do I think that you could have some? It's just you want to study the Gita and read it. And you want to chant it, and you want to, and that's great. But all honestly, just like you have to do the japa practice, you have to do a mindfulness practice. And talking about it isn't enough. So I just go to where I'm going to go to get it because I already I right. came from that. I already know right, right. it's in your Gita. Buddha Buddha's up there, right? And, when, and then you had a couple of people come. I, one pet peeve is when you had a couple of people and they were rude about Buddha. Ah, uh, you know they actually said some things. I can't, I went to both people after I go. You know how you sound. You know, people here are Buddhism. You you really, right. really rude. You don't even know. You don't even know how rude you are. That you're not mm-hmm. mindful at all, are you? You had your little spiel and you thought that was great, and that is culty kind of. Sort of like oh, I'm not going to oh, say we're, religion. Oh, we're so much better than the Buddhists. Yeah, I'm going to say I don't think it was religion. I thought it was culty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So while some people think it's religion here, I don't think it's religion, but I think some people come in there cultish. Okay. Yeah. Doing scriptures, acting like it's a religion, but act but. Cutting the Buddha down. It's you. You put the picture up there, bro. You got him up there, but you don't know shit. You don't talk shit about. You don't know anything about him, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and Buddha says stuff much better than Krishna does in the Gita. Some of it, by the way. But that's okay. That's fine. I still get it, and I don't need that, because I, like I said, I couldn't have a better teacher than Thich Nhat Hanh or Jack Kornfield or Tara Brock, mm. really, honestly, or Sharon Salzberg about loving other people. She's a great teacher for that. My, you know, love, loving kindness. She has a loving kindness prayer. That's mm. very difficult. Like love your enemies. Good luck on that one. Yeah. But it's it's great. She's great on that. So mm. it's not a pet peeve. I just think it's it's not it's so, so pay attention it, to what you're saying because it ain't you know. No. So you think you'll you'll continue to uh, come? To Absolutely. The oh yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see how things develop. Like in ten years, I wonder what you'll say. So we need a bigger temple with nicer cushions. <laughs> yeah. but, and I have the Radha yeah. Krishna little, thing in the morning. Ni- nicer sound system. A little nicer sound and better air conditioning. Just, you know, just yeah, yeah. things like that. But And then the Radha Krishna temple song in the, mo- in the in the morning, which I'd love to have again. I love that. The, the what? They used to do the Radha Krishna, you know, George Harrison. The CD, the album he made, they played it in the morning. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. They don't do it on Sundays. Yeah, that was removed. I think Ananda's bringing it back. I begged her, like, yeah. We did. We played it today. Oh, of course. I missed it because I was cutting herbs oh, for people. Oh, okay, okay. Oh, she did put it this morning? Yeah. Okay, I'll make well, sure. Well, I mean, not this morning. It was, what? 1230. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'll make sure that I'm... See, now that I know that, <laughs> I love that. And you know what? Seriously, I think the people here, I think they're just really... they. You know, some of it's Indian culture, some of it's... Um, but I, I really do... I'm very fond of the people here. I've learned so much. Hmm. And I tell you, it's I, I just want to know more about God. Even though I'm not really a religious person, I do think about God. And I went and saw Amma, too. Amma has an ashram up the road. I don't want to just be talking about that. The hugging nun. Yeah. She's a real saint. She's a real deal. She's a real saint. 
she's a real saint for real. She's raised seventy five million all over India. She's a badass saint. She's the real deal, whatever she is. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's a different conversation. She blew me away. Uh-huh. And I went to her temple uh-huh. and listened to what Amma says. And she has her own mantras. Why are you so sad? Why are you depressed? And Ram and mixing it all up. She makes her own ones. Uh-huh. And I was pretty blown away there, too. Okay. Okay? But I'm very attached to this temple. I'm very attached to what they do here. And sometimes I go, what am I doing here? Uh-huh. Still. Yeah. Like in the middle, I'll go. <gasps> but then, you know, I'll just... Fade back, and I feel very good being here. Yeah. So, um, the just to end the mindfulness show, you, honestly, you cannot teach mindfulness by just talking about it. You have to have some practice. Mm-hmm. Even if, and Tara Brock will just do, let's, let's practice now. And she'll, she'll have you have an experience of it in your body. And that's how you learn things, like doing the japa. You have to do this. And I think even having a mindfulness training once a month here, would help. Why? Why is it so important? Because if you don't know, you're not conscious. You could have all good intentions and think, but you have no awareness of yourself. Right. You have to right. be able to have, a, be able to distance. And to yeah. do that, you have to watch your mind and see your mind. And a little, not a ten-hour, even a five, ten minutes, you can do it. You can ten. 15, yeah. You know, thinking back, all. I need. I should probably walk back those that statement about nobody needs to meditate ten hours a day. Maybe. I mean, maybe you can reach a point where that's. Yeah, but the way he did it, he's being very self-centered. Oh, well, the, the yeah, story that I told was, is, it's a crazy story. But I mean, it's just like. I think you should give him the book. Put who? it under his door. Like after. Oh, the I track. don't know. This is this was years ago. Uh, yes, so. But it was just one of those stories that right. you're like. But the mantras, honestly, and to get back to your brother, honestly, mm. I'm so sorry. But I do think that he, he has a disorder. And oh, he, he has a disorder. And yes. thank God, and I'm going to say, please forgive me. Thank God he has his mantras instead of thinking, because I'd be schizophrenic and I'd be going, kill, kill. You know, I'd be like, I mean, I'd be in that like. For all we know, people. the mantras have kept him from <laughs> okay, hijacking an airplane or something. You're eating someone. You uh, cut well, your, your arm off. All right, like, all right, I, all right, all right. Um, you see what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't know. Um, we don't know, but yeah, yeah, I yeah, better yeah. have a mantra. To calm versus, yeah, 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 and, yeah, and and you know, yeah. So yeah, I, that may you know. I, I just want to just. I know I sh- I don't know if I should have even brought it up in the podcast, and maybe it will sort of. I think it's a blessing. It, it, it versus... informs my perspective of what's okay. going on here, just because of the mantra meditation and and having this happen. Sort of, it's a part of the picture. Okay, I know? want to talk about another devotee whose brother also has a problem. Oh yeah. Very similar. I'm not going to use the devotee's name. Okay. And he was, before the mantras, he was getting a little in a hand. And they calmed him down? And they kind of gave him, doped him up on a lot of medication uh-huh. to stop him. Yeah. He had to basically be doped up. Yeah. It's just, and then they took him off a little bit, and then she brought him to the temple. Supervised once a week. Yeah. And then more and more, and he started doing more mantras. And guess what happened? He got... More mantras, little less medication. Still the same place, but more calm. Okay. Doesn't mean... So I just want to tell you what happened there. Yeah. He had a lot of guidance, though. He was really doped up. Yeah. Kind of came down. She brought him there once a week. Yeah. Got the mantras. And I don't know. Then they just... People just helped him and took care of him, not in the institution. And he started doing mantras, but he also was able with medication. He didn't come off medication all the way. He came off a lot of it. He, you know, instead of like this much a dose, this much. Yeah. And with less doses and having some sense and people and, and the mantras. 
and it seemed to help him. Hmm. So that's just not to give false hope. But right, right, right. I, I just think it's more of a good thing than a bad thing. I really, in my heart, not that I'm super woman or I'm, I'm not enlightened by any way, I'm still a jerk, but I mean, the mantras, being here with the association, I was able to talk to my father in anger and mm. completely lie to him. You're, you're a good person. I'm going to see you again. No, I'm not going to see you in the next lifetime. Goodbye. Not if I see you first. Right. No, because I'm really angry. You can tell, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was able to pull something that's in me. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and it felt and inauthentic. And there's very, I think a key part of that that we shouldn't overlook is that you were actually following the instructions of someone from the temple. When you did but that. I did it. I still want to. Oh well, yeah, yeah. Not to not to take anything yeah. from what you did. And no. I will always be indebted to that person because no. she saw the. Because I pulled something out that I didn't think I could. Mm -hmm. My mother, everyone's, dead. All my family it was. He was the last one. All the. But this was someone that could have really helped me out financially a little yeah. bit at the end. Yeah. Just by taking care of me, but because she knew that the stepmother, was, was selfish because he didn't like her either. And I don't even, I, I pray she could hear this. See, I'm still a little oh, bit yeah. of an asshole, but she's not going to hear this. But, um, because she doesn't care. But, um, I was able to pull something out. And so what happened? I went, damn, I, I was unremarkable that I could, I'm not on an ego trip, but I was like, boy, you're not such a, you know, there's a little less self-hate or self-doubt, you know, there's more mm. self-love. Yeah. And what is that love when you ask what love is? That's, I was unconditional. That I was actually able to be, and I don't have, I'm not a mother, I was able to be a little unconditional just for that moment. Right. But still, that was a miracle. Right. Even for right. that moment. I got a little taste. And it taste. woke him up. Well, apparently it did. Too yeah. late. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I got a little taste. I got a little taste of, I didn't want anything back from him, did I? You see, I didn't want him, I didn't want to bang him or get, you know, I wasn't getting money from him. I didn't want objects. It was nothing I was going to get, like sex, yeah. objects, praise. I just did it. And then he did wake up and then it affected my brother. Yeah. And then when it came back to me, it came back to me. So see, goodness does come back. See, I don't know. So hmm. I don't know how this stuff works. I don't even know how that happened. I honestly don't know. Yeah. And I don't know what the mantras are. I don't know what those deities are. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I'm very attracted to coming here, yeah. and I know it makes me, it's a real feeling, and, it go, and I feel like it goes in my cells, mm. for real. It's a vibe, it like goes in there. Yeah. The cells are alive. Yeah. Like we're alive, not just our little 10% of our brain we use, like our whole other, like our body's alive. It has memory, even when we have accidents, so. Well, sure. Others. Yeah. Well, I think that's a, that's a wonderful place to wrap up our interview. Okay. So, uh. Thank you, Karen. Thank you so much. Um, this is Questions for the Sages, and I'm Michael Scherer. Thanks for listening. Thank you again, Karen Fine. I appreciate your insights and your honesty. Thanks to Rico Hayes for the theme music and to Miriam Lansky for discussions about how to approach the subject matter of the podcast. Thank you also to the Hare Krishna community of Potomac, Maryland for making this podcast possible. I'm Michael Scherer, and you've been listening to Questions for the Sages. Questions for the Sages.